So what, we watch anime So what, we play League We're just having fun We don't care who sees So what, we stay in It don't bother me Living young, pale and nerdy Hello and welcome to the Reet Entertainment Podcast Episode 58 for June 12th, 2016 With me this week we have, of course... Actually, not of course, because a row is not here this week, but we do have Parallax Abstraction, also known as Jerry Corcoran. E3 Hype? Yes, E3 Hype. Uh, and then we <laughs> we also have uh, Connor Cyberpunk Monk Besh. So I'm genuinely like curious about this, and I have a feeling you guys will give me the answer right now. So, you know, when we open up the podcast, we do this little segment where we talk and, you know, we say a little anecdote or whatever. But I'm wondering just how much I can get out before you just start talking over me. Like, if I keep on going for minutes at a time or something like that, will someone eventually just stop in and actually, like, just tell me to stop? Or, I mean, like, how long can I really keep this going? I mean, eventually I'll just run out of stuff to say. I'm not actually that quick-witted, especially especially when it comes to being able to just improvise like this. And his but... voice starts to fade. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just gonna let him keep going. Uh, I'm yeah, Nathan. <laughs> I'm Nathan Reen Spruth, and this week we have uh, stuff to talk about. But first off, we're gonna talk about what we always talk about: what games you've been playing. I know that Parallax Abstraction has played a lot of games in the last week, for a good reason too. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Yeah, uh, we did a well, basically a second extra life. Um, the Ottawa Extra Life Guild did a second 24-hour marathon on the the set of a telethon for our local children's hospital that went uh, really well. So, uh, yeah, I played a whole whack of stuff that day. Reeton and I played, uh, we played some Overwatch. I did uh, a, a huge ton of Dark Souls 3. I did uh, some Division, didn't get too far into that. Uh, put a, another dent in the uncharted nathan drake collection which i did finish this week uh which was cool and i played a couple other games this week that i did uh, videos for as well i played more of uh, serif and uh i did a video on the an, an indie game coming out well not coming out it's in early access now called 3030 death war redux which is um like a little indie developed sort of open um it's kind of like a wing commander privateer thing it's like a top-down game where you know you go around in different places you can you know engage in piracy or combat or do trading or do missions all these other kinds of things um but yeah i played uh played a bunch of a bunch of like a little bit of a whole bunch of stuff this week so it was pretty it was pretty cool all right and uh how much money did the extra life end up making so we don't know yet for that because the uh we have to get like sort of a special report from um children's miracle network that they run out of the platform to see how much was raised in that period we presented a check on air for seventy two thousand dollars which was the total amount raised in all of ottawa for last year uh i think at the telethon itself we uh we probably raised it wouldn't surprise me if between everyone who was there we raised a couple thousand dollars but um the bigger thing with that was trying to drive awareness and get people uh in in the local area interested in extra life who didn't know about it before which i think we really accomplished there's a, a post i put up on geek bravado about uh about that whole experience and yeah a lot of people from the hospital were really impressed with what we did we had several local like 
people who are popular in local media actually come up to us uh, afterwards and say, I think this is really cool. Let me know if you guys need help promoting yourselves uh, or getting any more attention, stuff like that. So <clears throat> I think it was a, a really big success on that front. Well, that's good. Uh, how much? Now you did a local telethon for Children's Network too. So they didn't they raise over a million dollars? Over eight million dollars, oh, actually. Over uh, eight million dollars. Yeah, the 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 Chio telethon is kind of a it's kind of an institution in this city. It's been running for well over two decades now, and uh, they raise a lot every year. But I remember when I was in high school and they cracked two million dollars for the first time, and what a huge deal that was. And yeah, this year for the first time they cracked eight. They almost cracked eight million last year and didn't quite make it this year, actually, because. The, the thing that we kind of we kind of smile at is the fact that they actually wouldn't have crossed eight million dollars this year if it wasn't for the 72 grand that extra life pitched in so we oh, were, nice. uh, we were very happy to help them make that so uh it was pretty awesome all right uh, it was and a really uh big deal. it was it was a great time we really enjoyed it yeah and uh Connor top that <laughs> um so uh I can't because that's a great thing that you guys do. And I did just want to take a moment and, you know, at the very least say thank you for, you know, turning your hobby into something that's actually helping people, especially, you know, children. The, uh, the extra life campaign is one that I totally support and I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm glad that it's picking up as much momentum as it is nowadays. Yeah. I, on it's the other awesome. hand, yeah. Oh, totally, man. I, on the other hand, just recently moved back in with my parents, so I've been doing a lot of stuff like around the house and in that outside place. I got a really bad sunburn right now because of it. Oh wow! Uh, but I've been I've been playing a little bit of Hearthstone, just you know, on my cell phone, you know, whenever I got a couple minutes to kill or something like that, and uh, a little bit of Mafia too. Uh, I'm a pretty big fan of the open world genre, so it's kind of always fun when I could find a new story to dive into. But other than that, this has probably been one of the least productive video game weeks for me in a long time, which is kind of ironic, figuring we got E3 just around the corner. Yeah, it's just a couple days away, starting tonight, actually, with the Bethesda conference, which we're going to talk a little bit about. I have been playing uh, The Witcher, uh, The Witcher 3, rather, and Rocket League. Basically, those are the only games. I played a little bit of Overwatch with Parallax Abstraction. I honestly prefer to play that game with other people that i know i just mm. none of the people i know that play that game ever invite me to play the game with them so uh i don't know maybe it's because i'm bad or because they just have their own group already but that seems you to know be if the you case. buy the game for me i'd love to play with you son uh i can't uh actually that does remind me of something though uh, on Wednesday, this upcoming Wednesday, I will be starting a stream from 5 p.m. Pacific time to 8 p.m. Pacific time, so three hours. I will be playing some game, probably Overwatch, Rocket League, or The Witcher 3, and it will be for the Green Man Gaming stream team. Oh, nice. So yeah, Check that out, definitely. Yeah, mm. so I'll be doing that. Apparently, the Green Man Gaming stream team... Uh, you know, we were talking about it in their Discord, and somebody mentioned, well, hey, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, we have people who are good that are not going to have, you know, crappy streams or, you know, dropped a bunch of dropped frames or anything, so we want to make sure that the people who stream here have quality, and I was like, shit, and so... Uh, I I sent the main guy who's who's putting it all together, you know, just my last clip 
from when I streamed last. And he's like, oh, yeah, quality looks great. Uh, you're in for Wednesday. And I was like, yes. So I'll be doing that for three hours. So if you guys want to drop by, hopefully we'll get a bunch of viewers. And uh, it does have to be games that are sold on, you know, greenmangaming.com. So fair enough, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. So uh, hopefully, you know, I know The Witcher 3 sold on there, but it's out of stock right now, which is bad, which is sad because um, it's only $22 on there right now. Yeah, it is. They've they've had a big sale going on for that. Yeah, I I'm waiting until I get a new GPU to start uh, uh, the Blood and Wine expansion. But yeah. Uh, yeah, Witcher Three was my game of the year last year, and the first expansion was also excellent. I friggin' I love that game to death. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to starting Blood and Wine, which I've heard nothing but good things about. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to Cyberpunk 2020. 2077. Oh, 2077. 2077. Which, yes, yeah, so oh my. I, uh, I love <laughs> Cyberpunk and I love CD Projekt, and this is going to be both. So. Yeah, so it, well, it, well, you see, I actually hate Cyberpunk, so. You're, you're a liar. That's what you are. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're, you, you changed your handle to Cyberpunk Monk, so I think you're lying to me. Just uh, a bit. Ironically. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, let us go and start talking about some gaming news. We'll talk about some minor stuff first. I know that Connor doesn't have much to say on this, but I think that uh, Parallax might. McCree is getting nerfed in Overwatch. So, yeah, this is interesting. I, I didn't hear about this until I was listening to uh, the Giant Beast cast, and they talked about it a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I've... McCree is a character, it's funny, I always enjoy playing him, but I'm also really bad at him, uh, but people I, who are good at him I know are friggin' death machines, so uh, I guess the idea is, is, what is it they're nerfing their, they're nerfing, um, they're is nerfing, it just general gun damage, or are they nerfing high noon? They're, nerf they're nerfing high noon, which is basically, uh, there's the, the, what people will do is the E ability that, that you use, so when you press the E button, uh, he'll basically stun whatever target's in front of him. And mm. then you right-click, and it just takes out, it empties out the entire uh, six-shooter into that person's face. And they're ah. nerfing that portion because, you know, when you can go up to a character like Reinhardt, stun him and kill him in one hit, that seems a little overpowered. It could be, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I, I, it's okay if none of you guys have the answer to this. But there was no change made from beta to launch, right? Um, uh, no, balance wise, I don't believe so. And so yeah, I honestly, I was kind of surprised to see McCree being the one who was getting the nerf. Yeah, I mean, yes, I have seen people who are ludicrously good with him who. You know, when, well, that's I mean, when you the, realize the, that the, the, he is the a biggest power complaint you hear by a country mile is Bastion, uh, yeah, who I don't think is as op is as op as some people say he is, but yeah. I I think he could do with a little bit of tweaking, as could Reinhardt. Oh. But yeah, yeah, McCree, I know people. Um, the only real complaint I'd seen from them were just people who get ticked off that they get massacred by High Noon, which. High noon is actually very hard to pull off well, but yeah, you is. know you are rewarded for. Like I've never done it well. I've never yeah, done it well you, either. If you got a Black Widow on the other team or anything that can do like high amounts of precision damage, or hell, even for asthma, which is just about in every game, then McCree ends up being nothing to worry about. Well, so see, I was uh, so... I was kind of surprised when McCree showed up on that nerf list. 
so so I was I was wrong. First off, I want to say it was Fan the Hammer, not High Noon. Fan the Hammer is oh, the right click. Yes, you're right. Fan the Hammer. Yeah, High Noon is his ult. That's yeah. right. Um, but yeah. also, I'm actually really good at taking out uh, McCree's because I typically play as Roadhog. And if you can, mm. a, as Parallax Abstraction can attest when we played together, I'm actually fairly good at hooking people with Roadhog. You're so, actually really uh, good at that. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can hook him and then shoot him in the face, he's dead. Like, he has no health. So. Yeah. Um, but. I if it's a really good McCree, like I've gotten killed by him quite a few times, just in as Reinhardt, who is the most tanky character in the game, and have him taken out in basically one fell swoop. I can understand why they're they're nerfing that ability just a yeah. little bit. And supposedly, like people, I guess in the community as a whole, have kind of gotten wise to this too. So like that strategy is now being very widely utilized, uh, yeah. which has got people, you know, kind of like, come on, man, and. uh yeah, I can understand that. Uh, it kind of reminds me. I can understand me, that, certainly. It, it's, so it doesn't, it's not on the same level. It's kind of just, it's not an exploit, but it's it's u- utilizing the game and just sticking with one tactic, which I don't think they want you to stick with one tactic uh, with they every don't. character. So no. uh, I remember when Modern Warfare 2 first came out, I actually played Call of Duty a lot back then. And mm-hmm. when somebody would just get the care package... And what you could do with the care package is it was supposed to give you temporary speed boost so you could run to a certain place and drop down the care package. But what people would do is they would get the quick knife ability and then they would grab a care package and just run around stabbing people, moving at blisteringly high speeds. Uh, and so then they had to nerf that because it was like, okay, every everyone was using that tactic. Uh, actually, not everyone, yeah. but there are athletes, like one or two people per game that were using that tactic. Uh, mm-hmm. And then they would go on the forums and people would be like, okay, this move needs to be banned. They need to figure out a way to nerf this. Uh, and the people who would utilize that tactic would say, no, man, it's the way the del- developers intended it to be. No, no, it's not. <laughs> they didn't. Uh, they didn't intend for you to be able to take out the entire enemy team by stabbing them with a knife. Uh, no. So I think that's kind of what this is like, not to that extent, because it is built into the game, but uh, they don't want you to be able to go up to a Reinhardt and shoot him once and have him die, basically. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, no, and I mean, this This doesn't surprise me, you know, I mean, Blizzard, more so than even any other number of developers, is all about balance, and their balance is based on, like, crazy metrics analysis and everything else, so if they've come out and publicly said, yeah, we need to make some tweaks to McCree, I'm sure they have mountains of, of numbers to back that up. Right. <laughs> um. So I'm sure it's going to make sense in the end, but... Um, and what were you going to say, yeah. uh, 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 Conora? Did you just call Kanora. me a Roa? Yes. Kanora? Kanora? Kan- yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, before, uh, before we get off this topic, I do want to ask two questions real quick. Uh, one, I don't have my source, but I have heard that Blizzard is intending to change up the balance for Overwatch differently for console and PC, and I wanted to kind of get a gauge for how people felt about this. Uh, I I have no idea. I haven't heard about that. Um. I guess it makes sense because when you have a console gamer, they're gonna be they're gonna react differently to stuff than a PC gamer because PC gamers generally use a mouse and keyboard to play the games. 
And so yeah. the the fine tuning of all the abilities and everything might have to be different. So if if you have a you know a console that's running at I would presume 60 frames a second, it might look the same, but it's not going to react quite the same because you have a controller and there's a little bit of latency when it comes like very very minute amount of latency when it comes to um, having a wireless controller compared to a keyboard and mouse. So I can understand why they might do that. Also, console gamers might tend to favor other characters than people on the PC would because, like, I know that they have auto-aim or whatever it is, but Roadhog's uh, grapple is really, really dependent on having being very precise with it, and you can't have that level of precision with a controller. That yeah, exactly. I mean, part of it is, you know, I think part of that is Blizzard, you know, admitting the fact that they can't patch the consoles as fast as they can PC because you know they have to go through cert and they don't own the distribution methods, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah, I think it also makes sense in a game that does play so fundamentally different on PC with a mouse and keyboard that yeah, the balance like you can't you can't have equal balance between those two very different control setups. So I think it makes sense for them to to tweak them independently. And like you said, different audiences, which will also, you know, because of their control method may not only play different characters, but may play them in a very different way than the PC crowd does. I think in general, it's a smart way to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah but that also sure. does mean there's not going to be cross-platform play, which I, uh, I know on Rocket League, it doesn't really matter uh, because no. everyone uses a controller on Rocket League. And even um, if you didn't, you're not really at a real advantage if you if you use like if anything, you're at an advantage if you use a controller over mouse and keyboard in that game. Oh yeah, um, you know, yeah. So I, I like the idea of cross platform play, but doing it in a in a shooter is not a good idea, especially if they have auto aim on. And I mean, with it's it's a Blizzard game, right? The vast majority of the copies probably sold on PC anyway. There will always be a humongous crowd on PC to play with anyway, so Oh yeah. You know, if you did have friends split between them, it would be nice to be able to play together, but yeah. Yeah. Um let's let's move on just a little bit. I want to talk about uh the Bethesda conference that's coming up. It's actually happening pretty much right after this podcast is aired. Or uh, is mm-hmm. not aired, but after it is uh, recorded, I'm I'm editing it and everything. So they're going to host their annual. It, can they really call it annual if it's only happened twice? It's the second annual. <laughs> yeah, soon to be annual. Soon to be annual. Well, and it may not be as well. Like they, it may be, but I I remember Bethesda said after last year's press conference that they're like, yeah, we're only going to do this in years where we have enough to fill one. We may not do it every year, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. But they're getting big. Like they're getting to be a pretty big publisher at this point. Yeah, that so Bethesda last year of course they were they announced uh Fallout 4 and mm-hmm. Doom. Uh mm-hmm. we're I don't know what we're looking at now. Uh rumor has it that they're actually going to be talking about a remaster of Skyrim, so that might be nice. Uh, yeah, from, from from what I understand, I I have a I remember hearing a few things. There's going to be more Dishonored 2 talk, which, yes, please. Um, Very much looking forward to that. Yeah, there's the Skyrim remaster for new consoles, which, you know, cool if you never played it, I guess, but kind of whatever for the rest of us. Yeah. Um, They'll probably talk about some stuff that maybe is coming in the Doom season pass, which, if it's not single-player content, doesn't interest me at all. Um, 
what was the other one? There were oh yeah, apparently they're going to be announcing a new Wolfenstein, which again, yes please, I love the last one. Oh yeah, uh, um, they're they're a company yeah. that is definitely writing off their old properties. <laughs> yeah, Doom, they are Wolfenstein, Fallout, uh, yeah. Elder Scrolls. Dishonored is not really old, but it is yeah. a you know a sequel. <laughs> but um, anyway, so I find it funny. So the the. Last year we had Morgan Webb and Adam Sessler host. I believe it was Morgan Webb and Adam Sessler, but Adam Sessler was definitely yeah, was. there. Uh, host the Bethesda conference, which I was like, okay, that's cool. I like Adam Sessler. This year they're having Morgan Webb, Adam Sessler, and they're have being opened by Blink One Eighty Two. Okay, so <laughs> apparently they're just going all the way back to two thousand four. <laughs> yeah. Because this, if anyone doesn't know, uh, this is basically G4 started in 2004, which we actually looked up right before this. Um, and that's kind of when Blinket 182 was pretty popular, I think. I don't know. I'm old. Around uh, the early 2000s-ish. Yeah. And then Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb were on G4 at that time, so it's... I, I don't know if they intended. I'm thinking they intended for it to be like that. Probably. Because, because I think they, they get the irony of it all. Um, when Now, what are you guys most excited for with a Bethesda conference? I mean, they got a lot of stuff I'm looking forward to this year. Like, I loved Dishonored, so... Dishonored 2, I'm really looking forward to. I'm really looking forward to a new Wolfenstein. Uh, I love the New Order. Um, yeah, the those are good. Also, there's, we, we missed one thing. Uh, the rumor is that they will be announcing the, like, rebooted for the fifth time or whatever, Prey 2 as well. Oh, God. Um, at this one. That's that's the rumor that it it, it 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 probably won't resemble anything like that trailer that got everyone interested a few years ago because they fired that developer and now the rumor is the second Arcane, so Arcane, which is the Dishonored people, actually has two studios now and the rumor is their second studio is what's doing Prey 2. Um, I just want to know what the hell that's going to be. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I kind of want them to do something. I, I know it's not going to happen. But I want them to do something like they did last year where they're like, oh, yeah, Fallout 4 comes out in November. I want them to do something like that. Um, mm -hmm. But I doubt that they will. I would like them to say, you know, the Elder Scrolls 6 is going to be, you know, released this year. And there were there were a couple rumors floating around about Fallout 4 coming out uh, last year. But it was, I mean, there wasn't a ton of them. It wasn't like it was very well known that it was coming out. They they kept that pretty down low. Um, what were you saying, Con Connor? Uh, I mean, you pretty much nailed it right there. Definitely, I'm really wanting to hear more about the Sonic 2 because every time I see something about it, I just want more and more of it. I absolutely love the Sonic series. Um, I'm actually not very excited for another Wolfenstein game, though. Um, I thought the other, uh, the last couple that they've made, which is, uh, you know, uh, what is it, New Blood or old whatever it was, yeah. I was very bored playing through those games. It had that exciting new game feel for, I don't know, 25 to 40 minutes or something like that, and then it just got very repetitive for me. Um, the, the Fallout, uh, not Fallout, <laughs> the Elder Scrolls 6, the rumor I've heard too, I would love it. Uh, just because I've seen what the Fallout 4 engine can provide, and I think that throwing that into Cyrodiil would be amazing, but I'm not holding my breath for that one. 
No, uh, that being neither. said, a, a, a remake of Skyrim, I also think, could be kind of inappropriate. But, I mean, I, you know what? I'd probably still buy it, maybe. Maybe if they had more DLC or something like that. I just, I don't understand quite why uh, Bethesda is doing an E3 conference. You know, they, they had their big releases. What else are they going to teach? There's, there's me, for, except for, like, Doom DLC. Yeah, for me, there's got to be something. Like like they did last year, I think that their whole conference was built around being like, well, it's coming out in November. Like, they needed, they, I think that when they do a conference, they're probably going to try to bring up something shocking like that. It actually reminds me of um, wrestling a little bit. Um, there was a promotion who every time they had a pay-per-view, they would try to have a surprise, like a surprise guest or something like that, that would shock the crowd. And I think that's what Bethesda's going for, but I could be wrong. Yeah, that being said, I would also not be too surprised if uh, Bethesda went off and did something like announced a new mobile type of platform. Uh, the the wild success that they had with the both the Fallout 4 app as well as the... Uh, the vault simulator. I I don't remember the name of it. Yeah. But oh, if they made either what was yeah it? Fallout Shelter. There you go. Thank you. What about... So if they made either a Doom kind of clone like that, or even something Elder Scrollsy or Wolfenstein, they have. Um, I would not be surprised. They have some like they talked about it last year. They have some like Elder Scrolls Hearthstone clone looking thing in development. Yeah, uh, what, yeah, which is I for phones. About that. What I was thinking yeah. about was, uh, remember, I think last year they had like their version of TF2, didn't they? Or, or am I? Oh, wrong? you mean Battlecry? Oh, yeah, that's right. I yeah, there was a very. You know what's interesting though? I it, it, they were talking about this on a recent, uh, actually the last bombcast. Um, they're actually wondering if Battlecry has been quietly killed or not because, and they said this press conference will determine that or not because apparently, uh, the the because they it's actually being developed by a new studio called Battlecry Studios and apparently the website and official Twitter account for for that studio have not been updated in over a year. Oh. Um, I And want- a lot of people are saying are are speculating that that may have been quietly killed off and they're like, "Yeah, we'll see if uh they were like, we'll see if that actually shows up at this show this year. If not, you can think that it's probably toast <laughs> yeah that's that's one thing i was like i haven't heard anything about that in quite a while and i i mean the funny thing is i don't really care for tf2 anymore just because i got so bored of it but i like mm. games that take inspiration from it like overwatch um and so this game actually looked pretty good as well the from the from what i was seeing in the trailers from last year but if it's been canceled that sucks i I mean, I don't like watching them get, you know, studios cancel games, but uh, basically because I think of, oh, man, look at all those people that are out of a job now. So, well, it just it does seem weird, too, that it would just have been canceled with like no nothing, not necessarily no announcement even, but just the fact that like no one said anything about it. Like you you would have thought you would have heard, you know, an employee or somewhere say something to an outlet or something. So I wonder maybe they just kept it quiet on purpose for some reason. I'm I'm uh, I'm that's what I'm that's what I'm leaning forward to. Maybe they kept it kind of hush hush so they can have the big announcement this year of, oh, it'll be released in November. <laughs> because, yeah. Well, Mitch, maybe, maybe, who knows? We'll, yeah, we'll have to see. All right, let's transition into another a studio. Well, not a studio, but a company that 
is pretty much no more, which is good. Sort um, of. Sort of. So let's talk about, we've spoken about it before, Hulk Hogan, uh, Terry Balea. He had a sex tape that came out, what was it, three years ago now? Something like that? Uh, it was a while ago. He had a sex tape that was that was leaked to Gawker, uh, also known as Gizmodo. You know, they have Gizmodo and Kotaku and Deadspin and a bunch of other stuff. And Hulk Hogan uh, sued Gawker for the tune of 100... Uh, he won $140 million from Gawker. So uh, this apparently there's a big thing that's happening where... The guy who basically paid for Hogan's defense fund was, uh, he's the owner of PayPal and he was kind of had a, a vendetta against Gawker Media because Gawker had outed him as a homosexual before he wanted anyone to know about it. So he has been secretly funding, uh, lawsuits against Gawker to try to hurt them. And when Hogan's lawsuit came up, he instantly was like, okay, here's money. Have fun. Fuck Gawker. And I think he was totally in the, like, I, I know it's it's basically just billionaires, like, battle, battling each other. But I think this guy is totally in the right to do it. Because what they did to Hulk Hogan and what they did to him by releasing stuff that they did not want released, uh, that does, you know, go against privacy laws. And so because of that, because that guy gave the money to Hulk Hogan to, for the defense fund, that means that Gawker has uh, went and they tried to appeal it. Uh, the courts decided, no, you have to pay the $140 billion. And in order to avoid paying that $140 million, not billion, that would be amazing, $140 million, uh, they instantly turned around and filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. They filed for bankruptcy so quick, you would think that they were owned by Donald Trump. <laughs> so here's the thing. It, it's it's kind of interesting. So the reason, yeah, I, I've read about this a lot because, you know, full disclosure, I am giddy at watching this, this scumbag company burn to the ground. But um, apparently the reason, well, the reason they filed for bankruptcy was because they literally don't have the money to pay the judgment. Like the judgment makes them insolvent. Yeah. Um. Because they have like two hundred and some million dollars worth of debt already, and only like a hundred million dollars of assets. So they literally don't have the money, which is why they they had no choice. They had to file for to reorganize uh, to do that. Right. Um. You know. And but 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 to a degree as well, there's a good chance that uh, you know Hulk Hogan may not get his payday from this because I'm I'm sure you'll get to this, but you know there are companies that are interested in buying up. Well, they're not interested in buying up the company. They're interested in buying up their assets. So right. the, the sites, the staff, things like that. But they don't want the whole company because then they got to take on all that debt. But what will happen is, is yeah, most of the money like Nick Denton and company are probably not going to get much of a payday out of this because until Hulk Hogan is paid back, any money they get from selling stuff pretty much goes right to him. Right. And I, you know, I don't. I think that the guy who uh, Nick Denton was his was he the person who fronted the money? No, that was Peter Thiel. Who, okay. 
I have to admit, like I've read up on Peter Thiel. I am not a fan of that guy's politics whatsoever. Yeah, me but, neither. Uh, like, I don't think he's a good guy. Like, he's he's a hardcore Trumpite. Uh, oh yeah. But but somebody, uh, it was Leanna Kersner actually made a very interesting point on YouTube lately. When everyone was standing up, you know, all the the all the different media outlets were standing up and siding with Gawker and going, you know, this is suppression. This is billionaires suppressing, suppressing free speech that they don't like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. She made one very interesting point though, which was that the thing you don't understand is that yes, maybe Hogan could not have brought this suit without his money, but Hogan still had to prove to the court that he had a case. And the court agreed that, this wasn't just him going up to the judge and saying, here's a hundred million dollars side with me. They still had, he, you know, Thiel paid for the lawyers, but they still had to show to the court that Gawker had done severe and unjustified harm. And they did that. Right. Like the, the fact that a billionaire was funding the suit doesn't mean it was meritless. Not right. at all. To, to be fair, if you look at um, Hulk Hogan and or Terry Balea, whatever you want to call him and his defense, part of his defense was him sitting there and saying, hey, Terry Balea and Hulk Hogan are different characters. So when I leave the house, I turn into Hulk Hogan. I have to put on this front of being Hulk Hogan. And that part, just saying that makes sense because, you know, he has to keep public, you know, in public, he has to keep up that persona of eat your vitamins and say your prayers, brother. And the problem with that is they didn't, then went into him saying, no, 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 no. I, Terry Balea, don't have a 10-inch penis. Hulk Hogan has a 10-inch penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And he's like, my penis isn't that size, but Hulk Hogan's penis is. And the, the lawyer who's questioning him is like, really? He's like, yeah, yeah. That's it's like, okay. So I think that what they were getting at was uh, he went on a radio show with Bubba the Love Sponge, and Hulk Hogan had said at one point on the on the show that he had a 10-inch penis. Um, and they were trying to prove that that, because he was openly talking about his sex life and openly talking about his penis size, that it then gave them the right to release the sex tape. But that is still not right, because if you release a sex tape of someone, that is still wrong and it breaks privacy laws so because you are releasing it against their will which them releasing that te sex tape cost him a job with the wwe and a bunch of advertising stuff that he had going on like uh his old <laughs> he had he was partnered with uh not simple host but a different hosting company and it was called Hostomania, and they have since joined. Of course, they were. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, you know, they dropped him basically and molded them into Simple Host. Uh, so basically, yeah, they did cause him harm, and they cost him a lot of money. Maybe not a hundred and forty million dollars worth of money, but they did cost him a job with quite a bit of advertising stuff that he was kind of relying on. So I do understand why Peter Thiel would have backed this one. This was a good one to back. If I had the money, I would bag it because it seems like a good deal. It seems like Hulk Hogan would have won that case, and he did, which is, means that uh, Gawker is basically done for filing for bankruptcy. And now another part is IGN's parent company, 
uh, which everyone respects IGN, right? Can't spell ignorant without IGN. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and they are going to uh, basically buy off uh, Kotaku. Uh, well, they're going to buy. It looks like they want to buy most of the the assets, so most of the sites. Yeah, so probably Kotaku, Gizmodo. Uh, I'm not sure about all the other ones. Like Jezebel is stupid. Just kill that one off. Um, maybe the car one. They probably Je- will. Je- Jalopnik. Jalopnik. Or yeah. Jalopnik. Yeah. That one. That one's not bad. Um, I don't like cars, but that one's not bad. Like they. The the bad thing is Gawker Life has Lifehacker's all right too. Yeah, the yeah, Lifehacker. So uh Gawker actually has some sites that I really like. I like uh Lifehacker, I like Gizmodo. Um I'm kind of neutral on the car one, but you know, they have some good content sometimes. Uh Kotaku it's a waste. It's but it'll fit right in with IGN. Uh, <laughs> well, the sad part about this is is that I at least for the time being in terms of you know, I saw a lot of people celebrating, yay, these got you know, these god awful, you know, amoral, unethical sites are gonna go away. And I'm like, no, because unfortunately these horrible, amoral, unethical sites also did a lot of traffic and made money. So someone's some business person who cares not for ethics of any kind is going to want to keep them going. And yeah, that's what's gonna happen. Ziff Davis, which is the IGN people, uh, they're gonna buy it. And, uh, you know, they may make some changes down the line eventually, but mo- any any of the, the the Gawker sites that did enough business to be profitable will be kept around. And as I understand it, you know, for everything that's wrong with so many of those sites, the majority of them were popular. So, yeah. Um, uh, does Connor yeah. have does Connor have any ideas on this? Uh, Parallax objection. <laughs> no I... Good riddance. <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I believe Aroa, who couldn't make it tonight, said on Twitter, he's like, yeah, sorry, I can't make it tonight, but fuck Gawker. <laughs> basically, that's that's kind of how we all feel, because, um, yeah, they have, like, we, we've spoken about it, and Aroa and I have agreed that, yes, they have some good writers. They have a lot of, uh, you know, talented people that work on the sites, but mm-hmm. then there's just those... don't like the sites. Yeah, then there's those people who work on the sites that will release things like the Hogan sex tape or, um, you know, outing Peter Thiel as a homosexual. You know, stuff like that that no one really needs to know it. Like, who cares if... It doesn't even, do any public good. Who even knows who Peter Thiel is until before this case? Nobody. Nobody. Outside of Silicon Valley. Yeah, so... Nobody knew who Peter Thiel was. I'm sure that everyone who knew Peter Thiel knew he was gay already um, because, you know, he probably was open with family and friends, but just not open in, you know, the media or whatnot. And it's it's stupid and it's clickbait to say, you know, put as a headline like billionaire found as homosexual. It's like, who cares? Like, yeah, it, it does no public good. It was just it was just yeah, it was just click, what I call clicks through controversy. Yeah. You know, which is what they and the, that's the thing about this place and why I say un, unabashedly and with no shame that I, you know, I would be happy to see this whole place burn to the ground is that, yeah, I I don't you know, I've been out of work before. I don't like to see people put out of work. But at the same time, <clears throat> there's a lot of people there who on a lot of their sites who I don't <clears throat> personally don't think deserve to be 
so prominent in this industry when there are far better people, more talented people out there who can't get work. And these people do. And the simple fact of the matter is like, if you're working for Gawker, you know what the editorial and the ethical standards of that company are like, it's writ large all over them. And I'm sorry, if you still choose to work there, that to a degree means you accept that, which I think, and yeah, I know it's hard to find work as a writer right now, but I don't, to, in my opinion, I don't think that's a valid excuse for, you know, choosing to contribute to a site that has such a, such a God awful ethical past, you know, like if you, what does that say about your principles? If you're just like, yeah, Gawker's evil, but Hey, it's work. I don't know that, that, that doesn't fly with me personally, but yeah, I, I mean, I, there was a while back. I don't know if you read it or I don't, I know you weren't on the podcast. I think it was just a Roa and me. And mm -hmm. there was a while back where Kotaku had posted an article which was them complaining about their shitty journalism and then them getting removed from like getting CD keys and stuff from, from video games. So uh, they were talking oh, about... Oh, yeah, like being blacklisted by Bethesda and Ubisoft? Yeah, yeah, they were talking about yeah. Ubis Ubisoft and being like, well, you know, we didn't do anything wrong. We were just reporting the news and then they blacklisted us so we can't get... Uh, we can't get review codes from them anymore because uh, bl they blacklisted us for no reason. They, they, because they're against journalism. Because they're against they journalism. journalism. But the, the fact of the matter is that the reason why U Ubisoft blacklisted them was because they ended up, I believe, uh, they released some stuff about Assassin's Creed that they didn't want out to the public yet. And it was Assassin's Creed and Fallout 4. They revealed the existences of them before before they were supposed to be out. And so Gawker Media decided, or uh, sorry, Ubisoft and Bethesda said, all right, well, we're blacklisting you. You can't get review codes anymore because you didn't contact us first and talk to us about it. And you released information that we didn't want released yet. And to me, that seems fair on uh on Ubisoft, they're not. And, you know, they're, you're not entitled. You're not entitled to coverage from these companies. The companies are allowed to tell you to piss off if they want to, right? Yeah. So, so especially if you're doing something like violating an NDA, which I'm sure would be a part of receiving well, something like a review code. Yeah. Well, well, they probably weren't under an NDA. Some employee did, most yeah. likely. But yeah. the the employee I mean, violated the is, it. I took the stance on it that Total Biscuit did, which is that Kotaku. And Gawker were well within their rights to do that if they wanted. They weren't bound under an NDA. They chose to do that. But at the same time, the company is well within their rights to say, well, fuck you. We don't want to work with you anymore. And that's the risk you take. You know, is the are those few extra clicks from saying that, oh, my God, an Assassin's Creed is coming out every year. You know, what a shock. Or is that worth potentially not getting to work with that publisher anymore? And if that's the choice you make, then you don't get to whine about it later. Yeah. You know, I mean, live with it. <laughs> that, that's and that's what I was. It was like, yes, that makes sense. Like they were well within their right because they were given this information to release it and say, you know, it wasn't like with the whole Kogan thing where somebody had given him a, them the sex tape and then they released it. That's purely illegal. Um, this was like, oh, we have this information. We can release it. Um, it is, you know, within our rights as journalists to release this information. But it's also within the rights of the publishers to say, well, fuck off, because yeah. they don't, you know, they don't have to give you free shit. Basically, they haven't 
Like I know that Parallax Abstraction is rolling in review codes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a few lately. Yeah, I've, which which has uh, been you're, very interesting. You're gonna have to start outsourcing that. I know I'm gonna need like a logistics manager soon. No, no, no. What I meant is like you're gonna need to start outsourcing it. Have other people do reviews on your channel. Oh yeah, well yeah, that's that, true. Maybe that, at some point. I don't know at this rate. Jeez. Yeah. So, uh, but like you know, Reet Entertainment, we don't get a ton of review codes. Every once in a while, I'll I'll throw my hat in there. I don't. You ask for a lot of review codes. I don't. But if the publisher comes back and says, "Hey, Parallax, sorry." Uh, you released something on Geek Revado we didn't want you releasing, so uh, we're not going to give you a review code. Or if they just never yeah, get back and to you. and it's also like, you know, it's not like Kotaku didn't know what they were doing, right? It's not like if I put something up on Geek Bravado, like if I broke an embargo on a review code that I got through Keymailer, you know, I, 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 you know, it might be the kind of thing where I, if I did it, it would probably be by accident and I would be like, crap, sorry guys, you know, I won't do that again and there wouldn't be any problem. In Kotaku's case, they not only had a history of it, you know, they knew, you know, they knew what they were doing. They knew that they were, they were breaking something the company wouldn't want, wouldn't want broken and they did it anyway and that's the thing it's the it's not just the, it's not just the fact that they did it it's the intent the clear and in, uh, intent behind it which yeah bethesda and ubisoft obviously recognized and were kind of like well you know all right that's the choice you made so fuck you <laughs> exactly and yeah. you you kind of got to walk that line because they uh one of gawker's defenses for um the whole hulk hogan thing was well other people then talked about it on their new site. So are you going to sue, sue everyone that did that? It's like, no, that would, uh, that would imply but it started that because of yeah, Docker, because they're sorry. the ones who broke the tape. <laughs> like you started it. <laughs> yeah. Basically you're the one they're just reporting on your original article, which is, yeah, which exactly. is fine because like if read entertainment went and we posted a, a sex tape of parallax abstraction, which no one wants uh, to nobody see. Wants no. that. No, uh, <laughs> but but, that but you know, we we post a uh, sex tape of Parallax Abstraction, and then he sues me, and then I'm like, well, Connor also put it on his Twitter, so you should sue Connor too. And it's like, no, that's stupid because that wasn't derivative at that yeah, point. It's a derivative work. It's saying, hey, this exists. Don't go watch it, please. God, your eyes. But <laughs> yeah, I watched it and now I'm dead inside. <laughs> yeah, but no, that's the I, thing. And like, I, I honestly, I, I don't think this is a case of free speech at all. I think you know, especially considering many of the sites that are defending Docker are the sites that will say that that you know frequently say that's you know that that certain people with the wrong political views maybe shouldn't have their their own freedom of speech. You know, the, to stand up and call this a free speech case is absurd. It has it has nothing to do with free speech or freedom of the press. It's you know, it's a company that has repeatedly shown itself to just do whatever it, it has to do to get more clicks and more ad revenue. They don't care about ethics. They don't care about morality. They don't care about anything. And they've worn that like they've worn that as a badge proudly for, you know, for years like they've been. You know, they they are almost giddy about how unethical they are. But now that someone with money has stood up and went, no, this isn't cool. They're they're like, oh, but we're journalists and you're suppressing journalists. Now, fuck you. Like, yeah, seriously. Exactly. exactly. That's and, and I'm going to you know be sad if some of the sites get shut down and people get basically get told they're out of work because 
some of the people on there, I'm sure that they're they just want to go and write, and they're decent writers, and they want to get paid a you know a decent salary to write articles. Um, mm-hmm. I know that about a year ago, Gawker was hiring new people to write up there, and I tried to get um, uh, a couple people I know who are decent writers to to apply, and it would suck if those people had applied, got the jobs, and then were basically told, "Hey, you're fired because." We fired for filed Chapter Eleven bankruptcy because we're because our ethic policies suck, which they don't exist. Basically, it. I know that them releasing the Hogan sex tape, they stated that their um, traffic increased by like twenty percent. Or well, that's like the that. sad part, right? And that's why IGN is going to be able to buy this site and still make it work. Is the fact that you know, is that as despicable as what they produce is. People watch, you know, people click on it and people watch it. And, you know, I've said before that, you know, people don't really get to sit there and bemoan tabloid journalism because when they partake in it, because it's a successful business for a reason. Right. And uh, it sadly, yeah, the the Gawker series of sites were very popular and uh, they will probably continue to be. Otherwise, nobody would want to buy them. So, right. I mean, but I don't know what you do about that. You know, people there's not much you can do about pe- personal taste, right? Exactly. I mean, I I go to some of the Gawker sites when I'm at work because I don't do a lot at work, so I, you know, go to Gizmodo and Lifehacker. Um, but I never go to Kotaku. Fuck Kotaku. Um, no. And no. there's I, nothing there's nothing on that site that you can't find somewhere else and usually written by less incendiary, you know, often far more ethical people. So, yeah, I tend to go to Destructoid and even Destructoid's been pissing me off lately. So, yeah, um, no, and that, that's the thing is it's just I, I just don't I, I just don't. I just don't find myself feeling bad about this. You know, there, there are other sites out, there are a lot of other sites out there and many of them are, you know, have much better editorial standards than this place does. And yeah, I'm, I'm not going to stand up and, you know, try to defend Kotaku saying, you know, this is uh, like I said, this isn't freedom of the press. This, these people are not journalists. They only decided to call themselves journalists when it became convenient to, to do so. Right. So, so what were yeah. you going to say, Connor? Yeah. I was just going to make an anecdote, nothing important. Tell the only me. new site you really need to worry about is com. And Geek Bravado. Can't forget about and Geek Bravado. We'll take, it, we'll take it all. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll take them all over. When, I, when, uh, yeah, when Ziff Davis eventually goes under, we'll take that over and we'll, we'll start a brave new world, damn it. Uh, you know, actually, that we could potentially do that, but we don't, between the two of us, we would have to get people to actually work for us for free. And that would be oh. the problem, because I've tried that before, and Connor's a lazy bastard. I am, especially when I'm not being paid. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to wrap this up here, but you mo- you recently, you said that you moved back in with your parents, were you just unable to find a job there in Chicago? Uh, well, it's a little bit of that. I actually do have a prospective job lined up at the number one law firm in North America. I went in their Ooh. office and immediately bought like $1,000 in fancy suits and stuff. I, I was like blown away. Anyways, uh, getting sidetracked. Um, I had a falling out with one of my roommates, and it was it, it was pretty rough. There were and words now he's and... dead. <laughs> oh well, no! I. Uh, anyways, I I just kind of said, you know, I'm I'm taking my toys and I'm going home. So I'm living here until I get some stuff sorted out. Mostly, you know, a job, and I'll probably stick around until I'm done with university. To be honest. Oh okay, cool. I I only got a couple semesters left, so it's. It's too close to be given up now. 
Yeah, right, exactly, because you got to go back to school and finish up your uh, your degree there. Unfortunately, I would say you could work at in- Intel, but uh, they just laid off like twelve thousand people. So yeah, so I'm not t- I'm not trying there just yet. Yeah. None of neither of my friends who worked there though actually got laid off though, so that was good. Uh, tri- my one friend uh, who has seniority there, he has seniority and he's been doing really well, and he. Uh, they told him he's keeping his job. And then my other friend who's only been there for about a year, they're like, well, you're too new to get fired. And he's like, yeah. So uh, <laughs> well, we're not paying you as much as other people. So you're cheaper than keep than firing you and keeping someone else around. So yeah. good on you, new guy. Ba- basically, <laughs> See, that's, you need yeah. to just pass yeah. off my information and say, hey, he, you know, when he's getting a paycheck, he's got great worth ethic. And yeah, he he does podcasting and D&D and Shadowrun stuff like that yeah i don't think they'll care about either of those but i think i think it i think it'll matter it might matter (laughs) it might but i don't think so uh i actually applied for a job on tuesday i went in for an interview and on thursday i got the rejection email so that was fun at least i sent you a rejection email yeah uh the it's more than i get most of the time yeah they uh they filled the position really fast. They said the position has been filled. So that says to me that they had somebody lined up that they wanted to hire, but they had to go through the process. If that makes Maybe. sense. Yeah. If that makes sense. Because yeah, they, they, yeah, they, they, they had they still had to go through the formal process, but at the same time we were like, nah, this is the guy we want. Yeah, pretty much. They had somebody lined up and they were like, Okay, we have to put it up online and we have to interview other people. But we're probably going to either hire from the inside or there's somebody that we like one of our employees knows that wants to bring them in or something. So um, that sucks because it would have been eight forty eight thousand a year. But oh, well, mm, good money. Yeah. yeah. Un- unfortunately, I have to stay with my current job, but that's OK, because that means because if I would have got the other job, I wouldn't have been able to do the Green Man gaming stream from five to eight on Wednesdays. So. Um, yeah, definitely check that out, everyone. I know I will. Yeah, and we have to say Green Man Gaming. We can't say GMG or Green Man. It has to be Green Man Gaming for some reason. Oh, do you? Yeah, it has to be very specific for uh, probably for branding purposes, I think. Yeah, they want the name out there, not the abbreviation of it, I guess. Exactly. So uh, I thank you both for being here. We're actually going to cut this podcast a little bit short today. Uh, it's only going hmm. on for about 55 minutes instead of 60 uh, so I thank you for being here, Parallax Abstraction. Yeah, no, thanks very much. Uh, yeah, if people want to check out uh, stuff that's going on, I did put a couple of things up on Geek Bravado, and I've got a, I've got a bunch of videos coming this week. I'm finally getting through my backlog of coverage, and uh, I put a, a vlog update up today talking about how I'm going to be changing what I do with streaming a little bit uh, soon, too. So uh, I'm hoping to have a bunch more cool stuff coming soon. And where can we we find you? Uh, yeah, geekbravado.com is both my blog and has kind of links to all my other stuff, but it's, uh, youtube.com slash PX abstraction is, is, uh, my YouTube channel and I'm on twitch.tv slash PX abstraction as well. Um, when I live stream, I live stream to both places. So, um, yeah, I hope to be doing more of that, more of that stuff soon, but there's a, a new video on Seraph went up, uh, today and 3030 death war redux will be on Tuesday. And what about your Twitter? Uh, Twitter is uh, to see the inane stuff that I post in general is twitter.com slash px abstraction. And if you just want to see when I make new content, it's just PXA media instead.
Yep. And then thank you for being here, Connor. Cyberpunk Monk Besh. You know, that doesn't roll off the tongue as, as well as Connor Nemesis Besh. Yeah, I know. I'm a, I was kind of trying a rebranding thing. And to be fair, Cyberpunk Monk pretty much is a good moniker for me. I think I think that's epitaph worthy right there. Yeah, it's because you don't really like Cyberpunk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, but anyway, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at Cyberpunk underscore Monk on Twitter. You can find me on Twitch at the Cyberpunk Monk. Although since you know all this hectic stuff in my life has been going on, I haven't been doing much of much anything. I I promise I'll get back to my live coding streams eventually. You know, as soon as I get stuff sorted out. Those are uh, kind of then, interesting, even though I don't know how to code. Well, yeah, I like when people come in and they're just like. It seems like they're either on their lunch break or they're just off work, but they're winding down or something like that. Yeah. Uh, it's been some helpful things. I've helped out some other people, but I'm not sure if those ever made it to stream. It, I, I figured they'd want, you know, not being published, people saying, hey, I need help with programming. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I like teaching people how to code. It's, I think I'm very naturally luxury just so, by my nature. So here's a suggestion. You do have a uh, YouTube. You probably can't change the name yet because you don't have 100 followers. Um, Correct. But what you could do, because I believe it's Nemesis0320 on there. Right. Um, you could go and you could actually do um, videos. I know my uh, old, uh, not employer, but my old teacher, he was kind of a, a cheap bastard. So what he would do is he would we would have our you know our lectures or whatnot and then for our homework he'd make us go home and do the homework and he was like if you need help with this i actually have a video of it up on youtube and the video would be monetized and <laughs> so he would make about three to four hundred dollars a month from youtube videos from his his uh students going on there and watching the videos Ah, that's awesome. I mean, hey, not a bad return, you know? Yeah, so uh, what I, you know, you could do that. You could say, hey, if you need to know how to do this or, you know, how to write a loop in C++ or whatever or, uh, you know, just little things or um, something like that and put, you know, f maybe a three or four minute chunk on YouTube that shows people how to do a little bit of coding, you might be able to make a little bit of a profit off there. Probably not three to $400, but you know, maybe a few dollars a month. That's what I'm getting. <laughs> so, Hey, why not? <laughs> that, that's, that's one thing to think about. You could, you could start uh, redoing your, uh, your YouTube, but not doing let's plays, but doing a little bit of coding. And of course, you would have uh, the ability to publish them on readingentertainment.com. Yeah, I could. Uh, I don't know. I'm. I, I figure once I settle down, I want to do something a little more productive. And being back at the parents' house and out of the city kind of limits that power for me to do so kind of dramatically. Yeah. So it's not a bad option. Plus, I do enjoy coding. Right. Um, with me, you can find me. I'm reading everywhere. So reading on, at reading on Twitter, reading on. Uh, twitch which i'm up to 557 followers hopefully getting more within the next week uh i am retinentertainment.com is where you can find me you can find the podcast on soundcloud or itunes or uh google play um remember to go to green man gaming uh twitch and watch all the uh the content there we're starting up this week with uh, people getting the codes and being able to stream, and hopefully we'll have that worked out. 
um, to where everyone's able to stream and, and do that and have fun and maybe everyone can kind of help each other. A, get bigger and then bring more attention to Green Man Gaming because it is a great site for buying video games. Uh, Truly you, is. Yeah, and there's a link down below. If you click on that link, um, with there's a code inside that link too. Or there's a code that it came with. I believe it's on my Twitter. Uh, you can get 20% off, but there's also a 20% off code on the site, which I think is just 20 off right now. And uh, I think that is the code is 20 OFF. And you can, yeah. uh, if you click on the link and you order through there, I get like 5% of the initial purchase, the first purchase you make if you create an account. And uh, after that, I get 2% of it. I believe Parallax Abstraction also has a uh, Green Man Gaming affiliate link. I do, yeah. It's actually just, and they're going to kill me for this, but it's actually just gmg.pxa.ca. Uh, <laughs> if you put, uh, if you punch that in, it takes you to the the page that has my affiliate link. So if you go there before you buy something, I get the little uh, the little referral as well. Yeah, so... I'm, I might have to change that link lest they disown me. <laughs> uh, I think it's just for the streams that they want it for the branding and everything. Probably, but, but yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I I'm really excited about this. Uh, I think it's really going to help read entertainment. Uh, and I've also got a new game I'm going to try to review next week, possibly the the week after. It's not a new game, but it is uh, Keith Courage in the Alpha Zones. So I'm looking forward to reviewing that because. The game uh, yes. is fucking weird. It is real weird. Yeah, I, I as an old school Turbo Graphics owner, I can say definitively, yeah, that is some weird shit. Uh, and if anyone finds a Turbo Graphics CD add-on for the original Turbo Graphics for cheap, uh, send it to Reaton Entertainment or, or send me an email at Reaton at Reaton Entertainment because I want one of those really, really badly. Uh, but yeah. But yeah, thank you guys for being here. Yeah, thank you much. And uh, we'll see you all next week. And we're going to have, uh, let's just say we're going to have to start the podcast pretty early next week. Oh, well, yeah. Maybe see you then. It's it's E3, man. We got to talk about like everything. That's true. We're going to have a lot to go over. No, yeah, you're <laughs> yeah, not wrong about that. <laughs> it'll be a big one next time. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you guys for being here. I'll talk to you guys next week. But, but uh, goodbye. So uh, have a good one, guys. Anime. So uh, we played these.